Hello and welcome to the podcast that's as popular as a Supercopa semi-final in Saudi Arabia. I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi and I'm joined as always by my cousin Marco. Marco, how's it going? It's been better. It has <laughs> been better. It has been better. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in due course. Um, because it's not been a great week for either of us. But as always, we record on Sunday night. I just wanted to make a quick apology in case people think that there's something wrong with the sound on their headphones. Um, Storm Isha is is raging as we record, and the, the Rigori studios here in Dumfries have a, a chimney in them which picks up a fair bit of noise. So if you hear that in the background, it, it's not, it's not, don't adjust your head, say it's it's coming through. It's, from it's not your, me crying in the background. Yeah, that's right. Well, and it also, I said, it's, it's suitably atmospheric because... Tonight was the night when Juventus went top of the league. Um, they blew away Lecce, not not really, um, but they did. They have cut loose a bit in recent yeah. in recent weeks. To be fair, and a, a fairly convincing three 0 win. Although I thought until they actually went ahead, it, I mean it wasn't a great game, quite scrappy to be honest. Um, and you always got the feeling that Juve would find a way, and when they did find a way, well, it was a kind of fitting mishit shot from Vlaovic, really, and then he tapped another one in over the line. And then finally Bremer with a right powerful header to to clinch the points. But, you know, whilst Inter are away, Juve shall play, Marco. Yeah, I mean, as you say, Juve have started to change up from the, the 1-0 wins that they were so fond of. And, yeah, you know, we've said it many times before, we think that they could... With the players they have, they could play a bit better, but they're there, they're at the top of the league, and it is going to be a fight between them and Inter till the end of the season, I think. And they have got a lot of good young players. Yep. I mean, that's the, that's the thing, I guess, if he could, you know, win a Scudetto with this side, it's going to be a good team for a long time to come. I mean, Yildiz started tonight. It didn't do a lot, I don't think. Um, but obviously a talent. You've got Emirati and Cambiazzo as well. And, I mean, you've also got half of them playing for Frosinone as well, that they own as well, mm-hmm. Sule and, and others as well. So, you know, the future looks quite bright if you're a Juventino. But um, enough about them. Not so good for Lecce, who are on a pretty bad run. Um, but some, some interesting stuff down the bottom end of the table. Yeah. But before, before we get to that, though, just a... a a sad weekend, a stormy weekend, if you will, for Serie A in terms of action off the pitch as well. Um, too, too reprehensible. I mean, it was a contest of who's the more idiotic, really. Udinese fans um, giving racist chance to Mike Mignon or Salernitana fans for throwing things on the pitch and apparently hitting Retegui during their defeat to, to Genoa. I mean, a, a pretty... Grim weekend for Serie A and something that, you know, I don't know. We thought we saw the back of it, maybe, but but it just, it keeps flaring up all the time, the, the, the racism issue in particular. Mark. Yeah, it, I, you know, we have spoken about it before, unfortunately, and it is a, you know, there's no doubt that it is a problem in Italy that they keep saying they're going to address and then they don't address. Now, I don't think it is solely a football thing. It's a, you know, it needs to be addressed at a wider scale, but there needs to be proper punishment handed out for it. Otherwise, it isn't going to stop in the stadiums. Um, and 
you know, there's not a lot. There's not a lot you can say other than that you. They need to actually properly start taking action. It can be stamped out. It was stamped. You know, it is largely stamped out in in the UK now. It was a problem uh, many many years ago in the UK. But you know, you'll always have a pocket full of idiots. But it's it's not letting these idiots start to start to you know stop games like they have been. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I, w- I was interested to read what Mignon said himself, and I think the the key part. I mean, other than you know, he's right that the authorities really don't do enough. There isn't enough action taken, but he also spoke about the people that are sitting round yeah. these people. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that as much as anything is a sort of self policing thing. Well, I mean, that might be that might be a brave thing to see because he might be six foot six and and built like a. a outside yeah. toilet for all that. But, you know, I think there's a bit of collective responsibility there because the people, you know, to, to stand by whilst this is ongoing. And what makes it even more ludicrous is that Udinese have any number of black players oh, but, in their team. Yeah, so, that's so, it. So, it's it's no, just viewed as a, as a thing that they can do to, to the opposition players. Uh, you know, it's almost like they just think it's as acceptable as shouting your crap at someone or something yeah, like that. Yeah, because, I mean, they did get the warning and then it sort of transformed from monkey chants to whistles or whatever, you know. So you're right. I suppose they think it's a way to unsettle a player and, you know, a top-class player. So in a way, quite nice that Milan got a late, yeah. late winner to stick, it, to stick it to them. And as I say, events in Salerno as well just... Stupidity, these things. You know, it's one thing to to lose, which is is what they did. And you know, I, I mean, I get that they weren't happy. It didn't seem to me like Retegui was particularly provocative with his celebrations yeah. when he got stuck. And then, you know, as I say, you you want footballers to feel safe when they're going on the the pitch, and certainly not to face racism as well. So uh, yeah, we can only hope. Although I fear. It may not be the case, but we can only hope that the Italian football authorities do take action for once and eventually, you know, do their best. You, to you know what would happen though is, like, if they if they put, you know, if they were to turn around tomorrow and say to Tunisia, right, uh, here's a, a big fine and B, you're not, you know, playing at home or you've got empty stadiums or something for like a proper length of time. Udinese would then act like they were being punished, persecuted because it hadn't happened before, and that's the typical Italian response. It's always it, about, it's always sort of what about it, and it, you know. there is, there is always that, there is always that, and there is always, I think, that thing of wanting justice. Justice should be done, but not to me. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a great, exactly. it's a great yeah, Italian yeah, tradition yeah. as well. So, but hopefully this time justice is done, and we start to get rid of this because you know. Don't want. How can you get Mignon's one of the few top class, world class players we've got in Italy, and you know in Serie A, and that's the last thing you want is this still persevering as we you know embark on twenty twenty four or whatever. It's just, it's just, it's just ludicrous. Anyway, talking about embarking on twenty twenty four, two. I mean, our last pod was still Jose Mourinho and. Aurelio Andriazzoli era, but they're both they've both gone Empoli and Roma getting new coaches and both and both getting both getting off to winning winning starts. I mean Empoli more emphatically yes. certainly. I mean that was a and a perfect 
hat trick from Simon Zurkowski, an, an old Fiorentina player, as it happens, who has only been there for two games and is apparently already Empoli's top scorer of the season <laughs> with four goals now over his first over his first two games. Um, I don't think I don't think even the Zurkowski family would have expected him to score a perfect hat trick. I mean, he's a good good player, yeah. but just the way the way the last one fell to his left foot perfectly. So the first one was a nice strike. Second one a header off a rebound, and then the third uh, that. But I mean, a good start for I mean a good. Good friend of yours, obviously, Marco, the architect of the Salernitana miracle, eh? Davide Nicola taking over. But he, he does look tough. And I th- we've said this before, even when Andrea Zoli took over, Empoli got some nice players. Yeah, it's just about getting them to play to play the right way. But what, what did you think of, of Empoli and, and obviously Daniele De Rossi, a much bigger well, as you say, I, I, I felt Empoli's victory was more convincing to me than Roma's. Roma got mm-hmm. the early goals. Um, but uh, Verona had a had a good number of chances. Uh, uh, you know they got a goal back and then had a good number of chances. Had the goal ruled out, um, and I think uh, you know it was a, maybe that's why they made the move with Mourinho because it was Verona coming up, so it gives the new coach a chance for some easy points. Um, but I think the test is still to come there. Roma, as we've said, have a good squad and everything, but De Rossi. You know, I hope he does turn out to be a good manager, but he wasn't particularly impressive at, at Spal. And, uh, you know, I think Roma, it'll be difficult to turn around the dressing room that seemed to be quite unhappy um, so quickly. And also, is he going to impose a new style of play as well? Because obviously Mourinho had them. You know, I can imagine that... Um, Mancini was quite disappointed that, that Mourinho yeah, was going. Because... Yeah, and how do you how do you sort of disentangle that yeah. as well? Because I mean, their first reaction to every free kick against them was to surround the referee and harangue him, for, you know, and and complain about everything. So I don't know how quickly you can sort of, or, or maybe you don't. I don't know. Maybe that will still be part of. Um, the process under De Rossi, but maybe with I mean, the, the one thing I, I took away from the game was just the, the first goal in particular, Stefanel Shirawi, yeah. some great work mm-hmm. to really put it on a plate for it. And he's a player that I always look at and I think what might have been because, I mean, not that he's had a very good career, but he's a player who has great ability. Yeah. You know, he had the potential to be even more, I think, you know, which is, you know, and if Roma can harness that. You know, along with Dybala, along with Lukaku, they've certainly got an exciting attacking force, and that—that that was the biggest thing I felt that you know. Now, as we see Juve cutting loose with their with their youngsters, although cutting loose usually against very lowly opposition so far, but just the same, it's still cutting loose nonetheless. I'm grudging in my praise, <laughs> <laughs> but you know. So could we see Ro- fans turning off there? Could we see? Could we see Roma do the same though? You know, and and actually cut loose a bit, and you know, as I say, with a nervy, um, a bit of a squeaky bum win for them. I mean, Verona spurned a penalty as well, yeah. so you know they they definitely had their had their chances. But you know, I suppose as you say, it was a. The, the timing certainly to me seemed like, you know, we'll give him these three easy-ish games um, to get him warmed up and then, you know, then the proof of the pudding will really come, the proof of the carbonara or whatever uh, will come in at, at later times because this, you know, Roma's still sitting a lot more lowly than they should be um, and it'll be interesting to see what, what template he can put on the yeah, team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and... 
it's a curious Serie A weekend, I guess, because um, not that much or not the same amount of action as usual because, of course, as alluded to in my expertly crafted intro to the episode, um, four teams off in Saudi Arabia on the what looked like hugely popular um, Supercopa semi-finals. I mean, there were I think there were literally dozens of fans <laughs> turned up um, to to watch. Certainly, the first one it, it looked like. I mean, I don't know if it's true that um, in Saudi Arabia they were asking why have you sent Fiorentina and Lazio in place of Juventus and Milan. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that is true, but you have to see as a shop window uh, for Italian football. I mean, well, a shop window was was there. It's just there's not many customers outside yeah. the shop window. That that was the bottom line, and and both games went as predicted here really you know that I mean disappointing from a Fiorentina standpoint that they didn't make a better fist of it against a Napoli side that's not in amazing form but it all not to I never like to pick on a player who plays for the team that I care about but it's not been a great spell for Jonathan Iconi who won a I mean, I didn't actually think it was a penalty, but I mean, it was good to see, I suppose, Italian football exporting <laughs> dodgy penalties around the around the world. Because I think, I think both games had a, had a bit of that, really. But anyway, um, you know, and that that would have been a key moment in the game. Really, they'd gone behind already, but that was a chance, and Icone won the penalty, um, so took the penalty and he did send the goalkeeper the wrong way but unfortunately also sent the ball the wrong way which is a more important uh, element over the bar missed that and then a couple of late goals from Zerbin and the, the job was done and then a very similar story really that well I, I'd say Inter looked mightily impressive against Lazio they had some you know really good I think they, yeah. they would work a couple of times as I say I thought the penalty, I don't know, there's a thing with penalties that not every contact is a penalty, you know, I mean, there was contact, but I mean, and I guess you couldn't blame him for going down, but the same with, you know, I thought Ikone's penalty really, he went looking for it, and the same I thought with Inter really that, you know, yes, there was a tap on the back of the leg, but was it enough to go down? I mean, it was purely academic anyway, because I don't think... I mean, I think Maurizio Sarri made it clear that Lazio didn't want to be there, and 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 so they stayed for the absolute <laughs> minimum time. And there's no there's no third and fourth place playoffs, so both teams will be back. Will be back, and it sets up, you know, I, I, what probably should have just been the one off final. Yeah, really, exactly. we could have just had Inter against Napoli, and that would have been a a good enough, you know. But instead, they sent them around. But as I say. You know these scenes, particularly before the kickoff of the the Napoli Fiorentina game, there's sort of drone footage of the ground, and it's a big stadium, and there's not a big crowd in it, and it just it doesn't look it doesn't look great. And I know that that some of the domestic product doesn't get a great crowd either, so it's not necessarily you know <laughs> the fault of of Fiorentina and Napoli, but but just the same, not not a great advert. So we can only hope that the the final. Gets a better crowd, and you know we get a we get a better turnout. But but moving on swiftly from from my misery to yours, Marco, and a I mean an astonishingly bad result um, at the weekend for Venezia looked like 
atrocious weather conditions. Yeah, I mean, but that's like not the, excuse. the brew, the brew of storm Isha was maybe mm. starting over, starting over Cosenza, but they did, um, they did open a can of for pass on the, well, uh, the on the gondoliers, and I mean, in, in those soggy surroundings, <laughs> you, sh- you should have been at, at home. What what went wrong? Uh, well. Let's be honest, I, I've, I've sort of alluded to this, and we had a good result against Sardoria, but we let in three goals. We, that game went back to 3 all. Um We've been conceding far too many goals, and it's been evident since before Christmas that something's wrong with the defence there. Um, we lost Idze's, um got a blood clot in his leg, so he's been out long term, and since we lost him, we've, we've sort of tried Sverko, in the middle, tried Modulo, Svoboda's coming back now, and we just don't. Ha- we, and Altari through all of this has got steadily worse. Um, I don't know if it's because the players beside him keep changing, but he he just doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. And he he's one of these defenders that is a, he's a big, imposing guy, but he's pretty. He's he's not the most skillful player in the world or the fastest. So. I think he needs a good ball player beside him to to f- for that defence to work. So yeah, I mean, actually, we could have scored one or two goals before Cosenza suddenly opened us up and scored three goals in ten minutes. Um, we then did get a goal from Buzio, nice hit, and and uh, I, even at that stage, I kind of thought, well, we've played. You know, attacking wise, I still think we probably could score more goals. Had chances in the second half. Johnson and Gitker had a couple of chances, um, and then they got their fourth. We then got a second one pointlessly near the end. So it was just a terrible, perfor- you know, terrible defensive performance. But it's something that has been there, has been coming. And yeah. I have said, I thought we would look to try and buy a defender. Anton Enley, our, our sporting director, said at the start of January that they weren't looking for a defender, but I do wonder if he's if he's maybe changing his mind about that just now. Might be. I mean, it was a good day for Mr Tutino that scored. Yes. Uh-huh. But, a, a very, but a very fortuitous yeah. hat-trick. I'm surprised yeah. you've not alluded to that because he scored one, one lovely goal, yeah. but then another one that sort of ricocheted off him. And then the one that ricocheted off two Venezia yeah. players, I think they fall. I mean, his finish was sweet, but it fell at his feet. And, you know, to me, a wee bit, that was, you know, when it's not your day, it's not your day. That That's yeah. what will happen, you know. So n- not a not a total disaster. But equally, it is, it is getting to the point with, with Parma winning um, and kind of kiboshing the Sampdoria Recovery yeah. really, um, it do, it does put Parma quite well clear now, and a whole body of teams there, um, you know, very close to yeah, very close to one another, and and you know what you're saying, the form line for for Venezia starting to get a bit worrying. Yeah, it, like I, I find it more frustrating because, uh, you know, it, we we have had a poor run of results since just before Christmas, barring that Sampdoria win. Although, as I say, that had its issues as well, but. If I felt, I feel that the, the the chance was there for us, and we were good enough really to to start to pull away with Parma. Um, maybe not. Maybe Parma would still be top. That's fine. But you know, if we could have opened up a bit of a gap between us and third place, then that would have been very nice. As it is, they're all very crammed together. The other teams didn't 
all wins, so we're only one point off second place. So, you know, it, it's still all very close together, and I still think if we could put together a run of three, two, three wins, then you'd be back into a, probably quite a comfortable second place. Although I say that, and we've got Parma in a couple of games, so that's going to be a that's going to that, be a that's one. a tough one because I'm, on the evidence of what I've seen of Parma, they look like a Serie A side, and we think you know when they when they played Fiorentina in the cup. They were better than quite a few Serie A sides that um, that I've seen against Fiorentina. So you know they, they look they do look strong. But as you say, the, the, the weekend again saw Como held to a draw. You know, and, and other teams up at that top end not particularly. I mean, Cremonese on a bit of a yeah. move up the move up the table. Um, but you know, not not results that were going to. Um, push them away from you know it keeps it keeps a whole clump of teams in there in the in the reckoning and as we say the Samp revival such as it was is seems to have been quite short short lived although I did feel a bit that that was a game that was another game that was turned by a penalty really it was um, decision there and there's so many of these handball penalties that, that get given that it's 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 quite it's quite amazing but you know that that then obviously turned the game in their favour and then from then on it was it looked like a it looked like a one way street really. So yeah. you know that that as I say Parma looked like the, the class act but the door's still open for anybody. So I mean get on the phone really and tell Venezia they need a defender. Yeah, exactly. Tell them who they, tell them who they need <laughs> and where they need and, and to be honest, if you're in Tina look like they could do a defender as well after the way they were ripped apart. But I could just see it was it was typical Fiorentina in that pushing, 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 then leave a gap. And again, you know, it didn't feel awfully like the the heart of the club was really in that that tournament. So it's something. I mean, I think it's a format they've signed up to for a while, but it's uh, it's not look. It wasn't off to an auspicious start, really. I think it just a game too far, particularly for for Fiorentina. And you know, I'm a bit like yourself. I've been sounding alarm bells over even when they got into fourth place and they've held on to this fourth yeah. place for a for a while because of the way results have gone. But even getting there, they've not looked all that convincing in a, in a lot of their games. But anyway, that so I mean people will be happy probably that it was a <laughs> miserable, grumpy. But they've been we'd had quite a run of sort of relatively cheery episodes. But this was a, was a more downbeat, yeah, yeah. a more downbeat affair. I think it wasn't even Serie Didn't have any Serie to depress me. Oh, and, oh, the only good news for Fiorentina, I'm forgetting, Inter next weekend. So that'll be that's something to look forward to. They can get the thrashing. <laughs> they can get the thrashing in the league that they could have got in Saudi Arabia. So um, so, so that's something to look forward to. But we'll be back, as always, in, um, next week with more with more chat from, from Serie A and Serie B. I mean, I, I'll be hoping that it's a more it's a more upbeat one, yep, but we'll definitely. be here whatever the whatever the outcomes are, we we'll be here and you know, we're working our way to try to get to more listeners than attended um Fiorentina and <laughs> Napoli in the in the Super Cup. So, you know, tell tell everyone you know, share it around and uh, and boost our numbers up to, you know, twelve or thirteen. <laughs> and that would be and that would be fantastic. But until until next week we'll we'll speak then, Marco. Yeah, speak to you then.